0: Hey, welcome to the Scott and Donna Show. This is Scott, and Donna is not here, but we have, standing in for Donna, and I, you know, both Donna and Tiffany are women, so I don't want to compare one to the other and one's better or anything like that, but this is Tiffany Nixon. You there, Tiffany?
1: I'm here. Hello, Scott. How are you today?
0: Good. I am good. And Tiffany is is co-hosting uh, by, by phone. I, I, I guess you all might, might have picked that up. Which is fine. We don't like to be in the same room. So this will work out real well for us. Um, and t- Tiffany has had some phone problems um, because she's a bit of a knucklehead. She's mishandled a few things. And well, why don't you d- explain your plate, Tiffany? Uh,
1: well, let's, let, let's just say that, that me and handheld electronics um, don't go well together, of course.
0: No, we're not know. going with the let's just say. We're actually going to, you know. <laughs> What, what you did was get shit-faced drunk, and then while you were stumbling around in a, in a public toilet, you know, reeking of smoke, you you dropped your cell phone into the into the commode. Is that it? Is that how it happened?
1: No, that's not what happened, but you know what? Let's just say that's what happened, because
0: I like the way that sounds. Yeah, it's, it's closer to what happened than your version of, well, me and electronics don't go together that way. <laughs> and then she also, you also have one of those, one of those really crappy phones. Uh, they they make them to break, and they 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 make yeah, them they, they make them, they them for do. people who aren't discriminating and who have no taste. The hinged phone. Well, apparently played.
1: I have no taste, which I'm glad that you brought that to my attention. So now I'll be sure that I will have a BlackBerry next time. Yeah,
0: go with the BlackBerry. You know this, the yes. BlackBerry that I have. I mean, and it really, really gets quite a test because I got babes calling me on this thing, damn near constantly. So it gets, it gets quite a workout. You know, every circuit in this thing, you know, gets to be blazing hot by about lunchtime. Just wow, because...
1: what a guy! Oh yeah, how do you it's... get any work on those babes calling?
0: Well, I had to leave my job so that I could service wow. these women. You know, because it's wow. something I take seriously. I don't want anybody to feel let down or left out. So I see. it's up to me to, you know, make sure that each and every one of them has has had their fill.
1: Now, are are you uh, making any money um, satisfying these women, or are you just doing this out of the goodness of your heart?
0: It would be it would be tacky for me to talk about the great big bags of money that those women pay me.
1: Man, so and you got a, you got a handful of sugar mamas then, huh? Well, there
0: there are quite a number of them out there. You know, but wow. All, they, they so all, how
1: does one go about about obtaining a sugar mama? Like, no. Well,
0: you have to fill out an application first. These are online applications. Um,
1: what are the questions on the um, application? There
0: aren't any questions. You just have to send naked pictures of yourself.
1: I see. Okay, but you have to have well, money, I mean, right? What,
0: what question would be relevant, really?
1: Well, how much is in your bank account? What are your measurements? Uh, what's well, your IQ, oh, I guess IQ doesn't
0: really matter. No, IQ, I, shit, I don't even know.
1: <laughs> I mean, I guess, I
0: guess, as a as a matter of curiosity, you know, like knowing somebody's sign, you know, it's just okay. So I know your IQ now. What do you look like without your clothes on?
1: Okay, let me ask you this now. What if you had to choose between two such women? All other things being equal, just as beautiful, had plenty of money, but one was smart and the other
0: wasn't. Which would you choose? No, g- give, give me, give me the hypothetical again.
1: You have two women, uh, you have to choose one. Everything about them is the same. They're, ju- they're equally as beautiful, equally as rich. One is smart, the other's not. Which one do you choose?
0: Oh, the smart one, definitely. Okay. Yeah, I really would like to hold a conversation with somebody every now and then.
1: Okay, well, I didn't know if, the, if conversation was involved in this venture or, you know, if the, if the phone calls on the Blackberry barrier were merely, what time are we meeting up for sex
0: today? You know, the, the greatest thing about that hypothetical was, and it made me feel like a king, is that you put me in the position of choosing between two girls. I, I assure you. But in, in my real life, I have never been confronted with, gee, which girl should I take? You
1: know? <laughs> I don't think many of us can get that option in life.
0: Yeah, that, that, I hate cliches, but, you know, that beggars can't be accusers. Very true. Very, just absolutely 100% true there.
1: <laughs> yeah, but even people who aren't beggars, I don't know that, excuse me, that even they get that choice.
0: Hey, I was, um, I, w- I really want to get into a serious topic here, and okay. I, I want you to try to get in there with me. But you're gonna have to you're gonna have to cut all the clowning because we're gonna talk about something that matters here. Low flow toilets. Um, I don't quite understand why we have to have them. I, I really don't. In 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 my house, which I built uh, 16 years ago, I've got w- this was right on the cusp of when they started requiring low flow toilets around here I mean they probably, uh-huh. were, probably were making them but as far as requiring them that's when it started was about 16 years ago and so somehow I got one you know a regular toilet okay and then the other uh-huh. one there are two toilets in the house you probably add that up uh, the other one is a low flow toilet well I mean guess, uh-huh. guess which one gives me no trouble and guess which one gives me constant trouble. I mean, I don't know the why the flow
1: gives you constant trouble
0: It gives me constant trouble so for 16 years and it's not like it's getting that much of a workout you know mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a single guy and it's not like I you know eat burritos three meals a day or something like that but I swear to goodness <laughs> that that low flow toilet will overflow with not a whole lot more than a tissue. And if it is a whole lot more than a tissue, you know, I'm I'm in there mopping it off the floor. You know how, you know, when you can see the toilet is about to overflow, you have that panicky feeling, and you're
1: oh, definitely, you're yeah, frozen like, in oh.
0: action for a moment. You're you're like, you know, your feet are bouncing up and down, like all right, all right, all right. I, I see the emergency, but I'm not sure how to confront it. You know, right. do I stand here and jiggle the handle? Do I stand here and <laughs> hope for the best? You know, do I rush and get the plunger? You know, wait a minute, there's a water thing down there. Should I be turning that off? You know, the time I've reached down there to turn the water thing off, it, there's never enough time. You, you get to it just oh yeah, in it's inevitable. time.
1: It's like, you got to turn like it getting- like
0: 40 times to get it off. And by then, you know, I've got fecal matter all over my arm.
1: <laughs> you know, there's no worse feeling in the world than knowing something is about to happen that's really bad and there's nothing you can do about it and you just have to sit there and watch sort of like I feel like I'm in another I'm looking at myself from above going oh this is an awful thing that's about to happen and you you just can't do anything and overflowing toilets is one of those things I think.
0: It, you know, I think I think it is too. And even though you can be removed at that moment while it's actually happening, you know, when you're down there cleaning it up, there's no way to remove yourself from that. Which is which is Definitely probably not. I think there might be two reasons I want to get married. One is to get a warm meal every now and then. The other one would be to some, have someone else clean that up because I would love to watch that happen and be one of those heedless guys who actually can just walk out the door. <laughs> I can't imagine well, being married I tell to anybody you one who would. Thing. What?
1: If I married you, the first thing I do is replace that toilet, <laughs> 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 and say I'm not cleaning up fecal matter off the floor. Sorry, not happening.
0: Well, if you married me, you'd be so damn happy you wouldn't be given a thought to you know things like toilets. You know, you're well, like,
1: I wouldn't marry you now that I know you expect me to clean up fecal matter.
0: <laughs> your your life would be just a wonderland of pleasure. <laughs>
1: oh, oh, it sounds like it. <laughs>
0: Um, I was behind someone in line the other day who was going through. We we all had to go through a metal detector, and um, uh-huh. and this this woman in front of me. And I don't really like making fun of people and and their weight because so many people, um, so many people, I guess, are overweight, and a lot of people who aren't overweight think of themselves as overweight. But then, you know, we all see people who are so far gone that you just have to wonder a little bit. And this woman, you know, those metal detectors are wide. And it's probably, if there were three of me, yeah, if only, um, (laughs) standing side by side, (laughs) we could march through the metal detector. Me and my two good-looking buddies. uh, Right. March through that metal detector. and, And she had to... Turn a little bit to the side to get through, all by herself. It was just where flat were out amazing. Where
1: were you at Toccoa High
0: School? Uh, I was at the courthouse. Oh, okay. And so we're all going through the metal detector, and I had, you know, had to, you know, take out all my knives and and uh, barrels of plutonium and things like that, and set them up. Did there they give
1: for- them back to you on the left? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah yeah they gave them back to me, and then I went out there and you know jammed the knife in someone's chest right up to the handle <laughs> um, but well. i just I just wonder uh, you know how how does that feel because I'm really I don't mean to get on the woman because some people you know just really can't control that I, I can't imagine walking around feeling that way all day, you know, carrying around that much weight and I can't imagine what it must feel like to be in public. Um, when you have to do something like turn to turn to the side to get through the metal detector, that that must be an awful feeling. And I really yes, it must
1: be. You mm-hmm. know, I
0: mean, there's no extra weight on me at all, and that is primarily a matter of luck. And you but know, you're with a the,
1: vegan, aren't you?
0: Well, I'm a vegan, but it's it's still it's still luck. I mean, those those people who are so heavy, most of them aren't doing anything to be that heavy any more than I'm doing anything to be so thin. Well I don't
1: know about that. I mean, you know, you can eat your way to if you if you eat really badly and you don't exercise, it's easy to gain weight.
0: Yeah. And I yeah I guess it is and uh, it's it's a little bit sad for some of those people but you know I guess for some of them they choose it or they don't care they don't have willpower whatever it is I, I don't know I just saw that the other day and there was there was a part of me in truth that was laughing a little bit on the inside and then there was a part of me that, that was that was bothered for her but yeah anyway that's what I want to say about that um, we're going to be coming up on a break here in a couple of minutes and i'm going to tell a couple more stories here is there any story you want to go out with tiffany
1: no uh, this is your show scott i'm i'm just i'm oh. going to let you handle it all
0: well i want you to know where donna is this week um because okay. it's the scott and donna show and we don't do a whole lot of monkeying around here uh, we have we have sent her directly into the mountains of pakistan and she is single handedly, you know, she is she is one rugged chick. She is she is hunting down bin Laden and has vowed to kill him before next week's show. You know.
1: Man
0: You gotta hear it hope she can do it. What a patriot. You know? Just inspiring Definitely. to hear about it. Definitely. Uh, and actually, Donna probably wouldn't have the heart to kill anybody. On the, la- the last couple weeks shows, she sits down here in the studio and puts lipstick on me. So Bin Laden might be in for a little little beautification or something like that.
1: I think it would just be awesome if Bin Laden was taken down by a woman.
0: Yeah, that that would be the ultimate disgrace for a Muslim, wouldn't it?
1: Oh my goodness, yes. A woman with maybe she could have you know some sort of. Pig snout on, or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> <A pig snout. laughs> maybe, maybe she could carry a Miss Piggy doll.
0: <laughs> yeah, any, anything to make it worse for him.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: <laughs> we right.
1: don't want him to have forty virgins in heaven. That's that's not fair.
0: Yeah, there'll be no heaven for him. I just, I feel pretty sure about that. I won't be the one <laughs> deciding, but I, I just feel pretty sure about that. Uh, yeah. Listen, let, let's take a break, Dustin, okay? We'll be right back with a Scott. Hey, before we go, let me get the call-in number here. Anybody would like to like to call and talk with Tiffany and me. Uh, six, excuse me, I didn't even start that right. 760-454-1134. That's 760-454-1134. We'll be back in just a sec. My name's Jesse Jordan with Further Faster Initiatives, and you're listening to Hear Women Talk Radio.
1: Hi, this is Deb Coletti, and I am your host of Life on Purpose, a radio show where I'll be having conversations with a wide range of fascinating women who are, in my opinion, leading a truly rich life. We will laugh, we will cry, we will sometimes get very serious. It will get edgy. It will definitely be irreverent and uh, no, no subject off limits. Tune in to hear where we go and even join in the conversation. Life on Purpose with your host, Deb Colletti. Tuesdays at 11 a.m. on the Hear Women Talk Network.
0: Hello, race fans. This is Jeff Gilder, creator of RacersReunion.com. When you're in Myrtle Beach, check out my favorite, the Caravelle Resort. The Caravelle Resort has a golf department and concierge with golf privileges at virtually every course on the Grand Strand, including the coveted Dunes Club.
1: And ladies, pamper yourself with Caravelle's Studio Spa.
0: 800-507-9145. Hi, this is Jessica Doravage, host of the Where's My Guru show. Join us Fridays at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Hear Women Talk. Hi, this is John Banks with the Zeus Radio Network and Hear Women Talk. Come join me on Mondays from 2 to 3 p.m with bringing man out of the cave. We're going to try to take an interesting look at the male-female dynamic as I try to give you answers as to why men do what they do. Come join me on Mondays. This is Paul Trulov on Zeus Radio Network for com. Welcome back to the Scott and Donna Show. I'm Scott, and we've got Tiffany here on the phone co-hosting along with me. You know, one of the things that, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't mean to grumble, you never hear me complain, Tiffany. I'm just content and happy, and you know, just a just a good old roly-poly. <laughs> okay, that's a load of shit. All I do is complain. Um,
1: You're also not roly-poly.
0: <laughs> I'm certainly not. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: but I I don't understand the obsession, and I you know I, I think I'm going to stop and preface this with a couple things. First first of all, I can't remember what I said last week and that's a real problem as I was thinking about you know this show and all that there were some things that were occurring to me that have happened recently and I thought yeah, yeah, oh wait, did you talk about that on last week's show? And I can't even remember which uh, <laughs> is a crying and shame and Yeah,
1: I, that happens as you get older, doesn't it? You just start losing your memory
0: Yeah, yeah, it does happen I, I try to defeat that by writing everything down but I can't write down everything I said and who I said it to so it's, it's hard right. to keep track of that. And I, I started walking around with a, a recorder. Um, I started with a tape recorder, and then I wasn't satisfied. I figured I need to step, step up to digital. So when I think of something you know interesting or something I want to remember, I, re- I record it. So I'll um, be able to catch on to that later. So just before the show... <laughs> The digital recorder is new just before like a half an hour before the show. I thought, well let me sit down and see what all these interesting things were that I had to say to myself. And so I turned on the recorder. There were there were twenty six segments that were occupied or whatever on the recorder, which would make you think I had twenty six interesting things to say. No, the, the, <laughs> the, the, the first one the first one is shit, is this thing even on? You know? <laughs> and then the the, oh, the second one begins with like seven, eight, nine, and then it just cuts off. So you know, I got all the way up to the twentieth segment before I heard anything other than, um, you know, that kind of that kind of drivel. On there, where I'm, you know, counting, or I don't know whether it's on, or there's some, you know, incredible, you know, cacophonous noise in the background, like I accidentally hit the switch and it's right in front of the stereo speaker or something like that. You know, it was just, just horrible. But what I wanted to say about the being in restaurants, um, God, this is something that we end up talking about almost every week, I think, because most of us go out to eat and there's always something going on there. And my recent thing that I'm on is the the obsession that the that the waiters... We'll just call them... Yeah, I know they are waiters and waitresses and they, they're called servers. Give me a break. I'm just going to call them waiters, okay? okay. I'll call them waitresses. The waitresses' obsession with getting the damn plates out of the way... Dustin, did I talk about this last week? Um, I think you might have touched on it, but I'm sure we're all wanting to hear it again. It, it needs to be fully developed. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, maybe I just touched on it last week to get everybody ready for for a huge topic. Teased it. You teased yeah. it. Teased it. Maybe that's what it was. Yeah, But, could mm-hmm. you know, at the end of the meal, the, the very time that I want to be sitting there with, with you, Tiffany, and your boyfriend and me and my girlfriend and all that, the very time that we want to sit there and have a relaxed conversation, you know, everything has slowed down then, is the very time the waitress comes up and, and says, you know, so carefully, so carefully, can I get those out of your way? And I really don't want her to get them out of my way. Oh, I think I did talk about this a little bit last week, but th- there is there is so much commotion with getting the plates out of the way that I I say you know for God's sake leave them on the table because they're they're wanting to get them out of the way. Um, means that they're going to be picking up three plates four plates at a time and then the silverware is going to be sliding off them and we're all going to be wondering whose head it's going to drop on and then they take the plates away and then of course that exposes all the food that I've slopped all over the table and they've got to come back and and wipe that down and you know so when, when they say can I get your plates out of the way you know I want to respond with get them out of the way what? you know we're just sitting here at the table You know we're not we're not it's not a card game, you know (laughs) nothing like that. We're just sitting here at the table, so so don't get the plates out of the way. So I was I was out at dinner with some friends last Friday night, and I was and I think they only invite me along because they like to hear me complain or something. Actually, I seldom get invited, (laughs) but they they invited me (laughs) along and I was griping about this before we were even in the restaurant. I said, you watch it happen, watch it happen. And so sure enough, the the waiters and the, the waitress there came over and asked if she could take. It was, it was like the bread. You know, they leave the basket of bread or a plate of bread or something like that, and there was one piece of bread on there, and there was nothing going on at the table. Nothing at all. We were just sitting there. Meals hadn't come. There's a plate of bread, and then those little plates that they give you to put your own individual piece of bread on there. Okay, so I, I've, I've set the stage for you. I know, I know that's thrilling. It's like a Hollywood movie in your mind now. Um, yeah. And she asked, can I take that bread out of the way? And she actually had her hand on the bread plate and was lifting it off the table and said, would anybody like that last piece of bread? Which means that you're faced with... I mean, I did want the last piece of bread. But I knew that if I took it then, that I, I look i look kind of like a dog. You know, that I've got to, you know, kind of, you know, snatch it off the plate and wolf it down real fast while she's taking it away. And I'm, I'm thinking, why in the shit do you have to take it away? If there's any... If there's a piece of bread on the plate... What makes you think we're done? And if there are no more plates in your hand, we're not making mm-hmm. way for anything. Why are you so obsessed with getting this damn plate out of the way? Now she had already taken the individual bread plates, so I don't even know why they give us the damn things.
1: Right. I had an individual she, so she bread took plate. The individual bread plates, but
0: left. Yeah. So that the was gone. Basket. Yeah. Well. Yeah. And then she comes back with her hand on the basket. Does anybody want this? And you know, I said everybody at the table looked at me <laughs> because I had been the one griping about it before we were even in the place. And I really steadied my eyes. This is not like me. Normally um, with with everybody I'm I'm very easygoing and, and very polite and all that stuff. So it was all I could it was all I could bring myself to do to look her dead in the eye and hold my gaze and say, How about I just leave it right there? You know, <laughs> <laughs> and she did, but she had a look on her face like, "Uh oh, this guy looks like trouble." You know, but I, I'm not trouble. Just leave the damn plate on the table. I'm not trouble. You know, we're not we're not going to have a confrontation over this. But kindly, Moses. Um, so anyway, I, I I say the waiters and waitresses would do well to emulate the the waiters and waitresses that we hear about, where you don't even know they're there. You know, suddenly, like, I guess your napkin is on your lap or, you know, you drop a fork and another one appears. And, and, you know, it just all kind of happens magically. Well, the places I go, they step right up to the table and shout at me. What kind of places do
1: you go?
0: Oh, You know, it's all, you know, trashy, greasy spoon places. It's all I can afford. (laughs) But... yeah, they come what up to about the, all
1: the sugar mamas that are calling your BlackBerry?
0: I, I don't feed. I don't feed them. I give them a sack lunch on their way out the door. <laughs>
1: uh, well, maybe you should start giving them to take you out to dinner, so you can go to some nicer places.
0: That, that probably would be good. It, I'd, I'd still find something to complain about because complaining is it, is really what makes my world go round. Isn't that it fun? It, it is fun. You know, I want yeah. I want to be critical of of other people, and I, I, I want I want to judge them. Yeah, that's my way of feeling good about myself is to, is to judge them and to look down on them, <laughs> and it's really all about me feeling good.
1: Well, now I have worked as a waitress in the past. Most people, I think, and who grew up in Myrtle Beach, probably at one point or another worked in a restaurant because let's face it, there's not many jobs for you know young people, teenagers, et cetera, down here unless it's a hotel or a restaurant and let me tell you those managers or whatever those guys they hire man they tell you you never ever leave an empty plate in front of a customer and you always make sure that their drink is full so that's why they're constantly around filling up your water filling up your tea or whatever and wanting to remove any plate that you're not still picking
0: on. Okay, here's my response to that. When I go in, you know, you may be in a place like that, and I think different weight people, um, even within an individual restaurant, will handle things slightly differently. But how about give me the option as the diner? And when I say the option, I don't mean come up to my table and ask me, you know, can I take your spoon? Or do, would you like me to leave it here? I don't mean that. I mean an option <laughs> when I sit down at the table, kind of like on your mailbox. You know, if the flag is up, there's mail there. Um, we could have an option so that I, I'm one of the I'm one of the diners who wants to be left alone, which means as little what? as you possible. You
1: might have stumbled upon something when you said about flags. Maybe what restaurants should do is give you know. Give you instead of like having to wave your arms and flail them and scream for the person to come when you need something, maybe they should have like a uh, give give the diners a a flag or something that that you can put out on the end of the table when you want the the waitress to come.
0: You know that would be that would be good. I'm trying to think of how that would go. I mean, that would be good in you know one of those loud restaurants where everything's happening. But you know when you're really out for a great slow dinner. You know, with you know your boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever, I don't know the flag on the table. I don't know. I mean, it'd be fine with me, but that's more like a um, a pizza place type thing to have a flag on. Well, the table. Well, we're
1: talking about the kind of places that she you said you'd go to. Well, right? you're, you're right like about it.
0: that. When I when I get my three dollars out and head 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 for dinner. Uh, there's so many places I could go. Hey, Dustin is well, telling me we got to take another break. Let's go ahead and get that out of the way uh, right now. And if anybody wants to call in, let me give you the number. It is 760-454-1134. Be right back, Tiffany and I, with the Scott and Donna Show. Bye now.
1: Hi, this is Judy Collins from Judy's House of Oldies, and you're listening to Hear Women Talk Radio on the Zeus Radio Network. Hi, this is Deb Coletti, and I am your host of Life on Purpose, a radio show where I'll be having conversations with a wide range of fascinating women who are, in my opinion, leading a truly rich life. We will laugh, we will cry, we will sometimes get very serious. It will get edgy. It will definitely be irreverent, and uh, no, no subject off limits. Tune in to hear where we go and even join in the conversation i Life on Purpose with your host, Deb Coletti. Tuesdays at 11 a.m. on the Hear Women Talk Network. Tonight, take an adventure on the Myrtle Beach Ghost Walk. Explore the haunted swamps where alligators and the ghosts from long ago still reside. Stroll across floating walkways beneath the Spanish moss as your pirate guide leads you by lantern and shares 13 spooky tales along the way. The Ghost Walk departs nightly at dusk, only a barefoot landing in North Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Call 843 361 2700 or visit MyrtleBeachGhostWalk.com for advanced tickets. And the Myrtle Beach Ghost
0: Walk. Are you hungry and looking for something delicious and healthy, convenient, quick, and value-packed? Check out our favorite,
1: Jimmy's Sabachi. Everything is sizzling and cooked precisely to order, and they use only the freshest ingredients,
0: including sterling silver premium meats. Try their $5 daily lunch chicken plate with fried rice and veggies, or check out their Korean beef lunch plate with sesame and soy and just a slight touch of sweetness. Mmm. For dinner, try their mouth-watering salmon, mahi-mahi, scallops, or tender, juicy filet mignon. You can dine in or take out, and they even have a drive-up window. Jimmy's Hibachi delivers, too. Open seven days a week from 11 a.m. to 10.30 p.m. Conveniently located in Myrtle Beach on the corner of Kings Highway and 62nd Avenue North. Call ahead with your order at 839-8008 and download their discount coupon on the hearwomentalk.com website. Scrumptious, fast, healthy, satisfying, and reasonably priced. You'll love Jimmy's Hibachi, 839-8008. Network. Hey, we're back with the Scott and Donna show. Tiffany, I got a call, or I called my mom this morning, um, uh-huh. and it was funny to me. There actually, actually, there are two parts of this story, I guess. I prefer the funny part. Um, she said that she needed to, uh, my father was out in the yard waiting for the lawn people to come. They don't have regular lawn people. We're not like that. But he's got a lawn guy <clears throat> who comes when he needs him. And I know, exa- I know exactly who, who the guy is because the guy has come to help me out uh, at least one time. And, you know, I've, I've known him for years and years and years. It is this, you know, when I say a black gentleman, I mean he is a black gentleman. You know, just a real soft-spoken older guy. Uh, he, you just love him as soon as you see him or hear his voice. And, and then he brings with him, Three or four, you know, strapping young black men, you know, and uh-huh. that's the crew. And my mom said, I need to, I need to go, because I'm gonna make lunch for the boys. And I said, okay. What, what are the boys having? Because the boys is all these boys. And she said, uh-huh. they're, they're, they're having sandwiches. And <laughs> I said, all right. What, what, what are you making them, mom? And she said, well, I'm making them. Um, because to her, to her, this is a feast. She's very simple, you know. I'm making them mm-hmm. che- cheese and tomato sandwiches, and I said, "Wow, do you do you give them that every time they come?" <laughs> and she said, "Yeah." I said, "Boy, they must spring out of bed on the mornings that they know they get to come to your house and get that cheese and tomato sandwich." And I said, I asked her how how many uh, she gives she gives each fella, and she said, well, I, gi- "I can give each one a whole one." As if giving them. I mean, these and and these
1: two hundred plus pound, yeah, muscular dudes.
0: That's right. These guys are, you know, horses. You know, these huge yeah. muscular guys who have by then been working out in the hot sun for four or five hours, and my mom shows up with this paper thin sandwich. And when my mom says cheese <laughs> and tomato, it's it's not a great quantity of cheese. This would be one slice, one pre wrapped slice. You know, on white bread and one piece of tomato right in the middle. That's how my mom would make that sandwich. And, you know, for those poor guys, you know, I was making fun of my mom this morning. I said, boy, you know. Just look out when you come out with those sandwiches. I said, and you give them a whole one? Shit, it's like, hey, boys, if you can't finish this, don't worry about it. Just take the leftovers home, you know. As if they, All
1: right, you right. But so you know what those guys did the morning? They said, oh, we're going to Mrs. Umstead's house. You guys better pack your coolers. <laughs> right, right.
0: <laughs> Yeah, they had to stop and have a huge breakfast. and Right. You know, I, feel, <laughs> go, I feel, buy,
1: go buy Bojangles and get a six-pack of Boberry biscuits.
0: Well, because because yeah, those are good now. Um, no kidding. Because these are such nice guys, I knew they wouldn't mind. They would they would either you know respectfully and graciously take their individual sandwich and not say a word, or they might exchange glances among themselves. But I thought nobody's down there making fun of my mother. The the guys are just so nice, and here's why I tell you they're nice. My mom has watched them. And she was, she was reminding me of this this morning that when they get that little lunch from my mom, they all sit down together and the older gentleman Bobby, who is um, easily in his sixties, maybe in his seventies, he sits down with these these boys. I call them boys. Um, early twenties. I don't know. Whatever it is. And he and and they
1: under the boy right. I'm sorry. Any man under thirty is a boy, right?
0: Well, you know, I still call myself a boy. So yeah, if yeah. anybody is offended by this, please please don't be. But um they sit down and bow their heads and Bobby, the older gentleman, says a little a little blessing and then they each have their sandwich. You know, Oh,
1: that's sweet.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that is sweet. And it, it got me thinking about how how secure For me, it's a matter of security. I think some people grow up being very comfortable doing things like praying in public or showing public affection. Uh, I never showed affection in public until some girl came along not that long ago, and I, I got comfortable with that and realized that that was okay. But it it took me a while to be comfortable with it and i see other people growing up very well adjusted and these you know big well-adjusted families and they're comfortable with all those things i always have the feeling or i i always used to have the feeling and now it's, it's going away fairly sharply that everybody is watching me and laughing at me and, and that kind of stuff so i would be very self-conscious about stuff like that so when i hear that these young black men You know, sit down and wait for the blessing before they eat their sandwich. You know, part of that makes me feel real good about them, and part of it makes me wonder what's wrong with me.
1: Well, it's probably just the way that they were raised. I mean, most, you know, many families, I know at night growing up, it was my mom and me, and every night when we'd sit down to dinner, we would always say grace. Now, I don't do that at every meal and I don't do that now that I'm on my own, which I probably should, but I prefer to keep my own spirituality to myself. I have no problem with public displays of affection. Now, I'm not saying I'm going to go make out in public. I mean, but holding hands or something, put your arm around me, that's okay. But as far as my spirituality is concerned, that's something I like to keep private. When I talk to God, I usually do it at night before I go to sleep or when I first wake up in the morning. And that's just the way I prefer to do it. I can't stand when I go out to say you're at a restaurant with a big group of people, and there's someone that says, "Let's say the blessing now," and they all want you to hold each other's hands. Yeah, that that makes me really uncomfortable. I don't
0: like that. It, it, it sometimes, you know, I, I can I can deal with almost anything. I really can, and and just be fine with it. But it does make me feel a little bit funny when that's going on. And I think that's because we've all seen, yeah, here's some judgment for you right here. We've all seen people in restaurants who make a big show of praying. And you get the idea that they're not even thinking about uh, who it is they're speaking to. They're thinking more about the impression that they're making on all of us. Yeah. And because I definitely
1: I, don't like boisterous shows of religion.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, and so when I think about those the, those young fellas down there um, saying the blessing, that's so different because they're sitting in, in my parents' front yard, you know, sitting right down there in front of the bushes or something like that. And the, the, they certainly, there is nobody watching them. They're doing that because that's what they feel inside but i always do have that question when i see people pray in public that some of them you can just tell it's a show and other times you wonder and i i, I don't ever want to be a part of something artificial so that's why i get a little bit self-conscious about it is that i think other people are you know perhaps looking over and thinking oh you know look at him he's trying to impress us with you know his his faith and that he's closer to god than we are whatever Th- those are the things that bother me it certainly doesn't have anything to do with you know, being ashamed of faith or ashamed of a relationship with god it, it it's more like you're saying i'm more comfortable in private because then there's no question that that is my own intimate conversation with god and it's not a show and i don't have to think about people watching me it's it's all just all right. it's all just just me so that's sort of I agree nice.
1: with
0: you. I, I, uh-huh. saw, I saw something, boy, this is unrelated. I saw something on TV last weekend, and yeah, I've never liked it, but now, now I figured out why. It's these cheerleading competitions on TV. Uh-huh. Everybody hates them. Everybody. Except, I guess, the people who were in them. But here's what yeah. I was thinking you know, I would like to somehow get in there and judge one of these damn things because I am changing. All the rules on that, you, you know. I'm not going to. I'm not going to judge them on, on cheering. Well, I mean, I'll, I'll judge them on cheering. It won't matter because I ain't counting it. You know, all that's going to count is the interview portion. And here, here is my interview question. I'm not going to ask them any of the stuff that the Miss America contestants get asked, although that's hopelessly stupid too. And I'll deal with that in a whole segment of shows. But uh-huh. the, the the question I want to ask these cheerleaders is just. How in the shit is it possible that you are this excited about your damn team? It is unnatural to me that anybody could be that excited about a team. The team itself isn't that excited. <laughs>
1: well, the ones in the NFL are because they're uh, make and bank.
0: Well, you know, but if you watch a touchdown celebration, um, you know, in any football game, it is nothing alongside of these, these cheerleading contests. I mean the the looks on the, the the strained looks on their faces of so much joy that they're about to just bust at the seams and they're doing pirouettes and springing up into the air and shouting and all that. I mean, who the hell is your team that they get to that excited? <laughs> you know, so I, don't I think want they even really care. <laughs> I want them. I want each one of them, and it needs to be the kind of interview. Session where nobody gets to hear anybody else's answer. I don't want anybody coming up with a good answer and then everybody following suit. I want to challenge each one of them as an individual and ask them, What is wrong with you? <laughs> that you're willing to well, come out here and acting. jump up and down.
1: They're show, they're show people, is what they are. They're not really that excited about the team. They're putting on a show.
0: Well, I mean, the old, the, in the old days, the cheering was something that the audience would participate in. You know, push them back, push them back, way back. Everybody's favorite. Mm-hmm. You know, okay, a mm-hmm. stupid cheer, but you know, you get the whole crowd going. But I don't understand how watching a bunch of people down there do, doing some choreographed dance is supposed to get me excited about the team, particularly when I see the guy cheerleaders. That makes that makes everybody a little nervous. <laughs> any 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 guy cheerleader. Doesn't have any guy friends except other guy cheerleaders, because you know normal guys like me we're not going to hang around your ass. You know we don't we don't understand you. We don't want to try to understand you. We don't want to hear anything you have to say. You're a male Uh cheerleader and you're strange. Uh Some of those people, I mean, it ends up here's here's what it ends up being. Those, Those people really should be counseled and sedated rather than to be encouraged to participate because the, you know what the competition the, they're, they're all obviously disturbed so the the competition ends up being a competition of whose order whose disorder rather is the, the deepest and most irreversible you know who is the sickest team out here and that's what's really well, being judged
1: well maybe that could be a, the new show like you said Who's the sickest cheerleader? Every cheerleader should have to take a Valium and see if, if they can possibly get that excited. with, let's, um, let's say, you know, the highest dosage safe safe to ingest of Valium. <laughs> and whoever can can be excited after that dosage would be the one.
0: Yeah, Valium isn't going to slow those people down. I mean, have you seen them? <laughs> They just they just brush off value. You know, uh, here's what here here's what. Now you you look at them during the competition. And here's the way to watch those things: mute them for just a second, where you're not hearing the stupid music. You're just watching them. And and imagine you know just because they are cheerleaders, they're supposed to be cheering for a team. Imagine them, you know, just tell yourself these are people expressing how they feel about the team. Then mute the TV and watch them Uh. and, you know, be amazed. And then imagine when you see them like that, and, and, you know, they're doing those cheers, and there's not even a game going on. You know, uh, imagine if somebody scored the winning touchdown. You know, what would they do then?
1: They'd all have to, you know, shoot themselves in the head or
0: something just to top it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, well... So what?
0: That would make me, happened? as a member of the team, I would be very humbled by that. When I see the <laughs> cheerleaders over there behaving like that, and you know, I'm still in the fucking uh, locker room, um, <laughs> you know, and if I score a touchdown, they're all shooting themselves in the head. I'm thinking, wow, you know, <laughs> I just really feel privileged to be a part of this team. <laughs> I might also feel some degree of responsibility.
1: Uh, yeah, maybe a little
0: guilt. For, for, for the mayhem over there on the sidelines.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, my God.
0: So, I mean, uh,
1: so what would you do if you were like a football player with a heart? Like you would say, the coach would say, why do you refuse to touch them? Well, I'm afraid they're going to blow
0: <laughs> That's right. I would just fall on the ball every time just trying to spare the cheerleaders. Because, you know, somebody's heart's going to give out over there. I need to make the game less exciting.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. So, you know, I I really should do a reality show that is based on on that kind of stuff where we're taking one thing and turning it inside out and not doing a reality show where we're really concerned with what's actually going on. You know, do stuff like Ask the cheerleaders. Leaders... What what's your problem is, you know? Do you not have anything in life that means anything to you? And so this is how you behave at, at the mention of a football game. <laughs>
1: well, now these professional cheerleaders, okay, they they make a lot of money, right?
0: I, I I don't know. I mean, I'm sure they're making more than all the rest of us, but I don't right, know. I don't know right. what they make. Now, I think they only make like five hundred bucks, if I'm not mistaken. They don't make hardly any money at all. They make their money from the calendars and stuff. Oh, okay. Okay. Only, they make very 500 little money. Five hundred
1: bucks a game?
0: Yeah, but they only they only have like like what six or seven home games. So yeah, you're um,
1: kidding in the NFL, yeah. five hundred bucks a game?
0: Oh, right. Yep, that's it. Yeah, I guess they do it for the. So why are for they the doing? Rank.
1: Oh, the calendars.
0: Yeah. Well, the calendar <laughs> and you know the the attention. God knows we all need attention in this world, don't we?
1: Or maybe they're hoping to be the next penthouse pet of the month.
0: Yeah, and I hope it for them as a subscriber. I mean,
1: that's where the big bucks come in, right?
0: <laughs> I'm not a subscriber. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess that is where the big... I don't, I don't even know what they get paid to, to be in those magazines. I really don't. Um, I'm sure it's a lot. Probably so. Now, let me see. There was something else that I wrote down here. What was uh? Oh, yeah, when my mom was telling me that this morning, I actually wrote down what she said when I asked her um, how much they get, and she said, yep, a whole one. (laughs) Those Those are her exact words. She was so satisfied, you know, like she was there you know, sort of hauling up her slacks and, you know, putting her thumb in the waistband like, yep, they get the whole damn thing. I don't hold back nothing on them, man. Give them the whole you know, ever-loving sandwich and just let them eat away at that thing, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I swear, my mother is cute.
1: That's really sweet. And the fact that they eat their sandwiches and say their prayers, that's just, it's really charming.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, every everything down there, at my mom and dad's house is happening in a small way. You know, they're they're, they're just going to get that little bit of food, and you know, you sort of at the end of a day like that, a man like Bobby, you you should be paying him what he's owed, and then giving him a generous tip. You know, yeah. you, ju- you just should. And part of what Bobby does is kind of look after these young boys, you know, Wh- which I think is the best thing going on there. You know, because yeah. he's just the kind of guy I would want looking after my child in that way. And for for young black men, I think it's I think it's terrific to have somebody like Bobby involved in their lives. But my father will probably, you know, give them all two dollars or something like that. And you know, it's fine. It's fine. I just wish it was more. Um, yeah. But they're so sweet. Well,
1: Bobby's probably not making. I mean, I don't know how much money he makes, but you know, times are tough out there for everybody. That's for sure. Yeah. So he might not have very much to spare. Well,
0: while well, we're, you know, we were talking about uh, eating out there a short while ago, and I was, I'm, I'm thinking now about the conversation about dessert. Y- you know, here, here's, here's what, what you always see. The waitress comes up and says. Did anybody leave room for dessert? You know. So
1: yeah, they exactly. It's yep. starting out Those as Those exact jokes. words.
0: And then it, it's the same. It's the everybody is saying the same blasted things at every table, and they all act like they're cute and original. But it's always like, no, I can't afford that. You know, I gotta, gotta, you know, watch my girlish figure. That's usually a guy saying something like that. Um, <laughs> You know, or, you know, there's always all this cutesiness going along with it, and everybody's winking at each other, and the waitress is winking and saying the dessert's so good. Oh, no, no, that would just be decadent. I I don't understand what all the comedy is about whether you want a dessert or not. What I say is if you come over and offer me dessert, my answer is going to be yes or no, um, or can you tell me what you have? Not, you know, some, oh, gee, I don't know. You know, I've been gaining a little weight lately, and I don't want to be bad. You know, shit. It's the same conversation, you know, all night long at every single table. Um, so how do you handle that when they come up and ask you if you'd like dessert, Tiffany? Do you handle it like all these sheep out there I'm describing?
1: Well, let me think. How would I handle it?
0: Uh, I, I take that as an admission, right there, that you're even hesitating.
1: Well, I, you know, a lot of times they don't ask.
0: Well, you can't give me an example where they don't ask. I mean,
1: well, I know I'm trying to think the last of time somebody asked, them, what did I say? I probably said, "Well, what do you have?" Or I'm no thanks, I'm full. So you do If I wasn't full and I wanted dessert, I would say, "Well, what do you have?"
0: So you don't get into the joking around with them over it. No. But, but but you know what I'm talking about, right?
1: Yeah, totally. Yes. Most people are like, oh, I can't do that. You know, that's just I'm not after that meal or blah, blah, blah.
0: I'm wondering what we could do to counter that at the table. Kind of like asking the cheerleaders, you know, the how are you this excited about your team, where it's just sort of counter to what's really going on there to get everybody to get off that joke thing. I don't know any way to do it. I mean, I think one way to do it would be when the waitress comes up and asks if anybody'd like dessert, for me to just get up and you know smack her right across the side of the head until she drops to the floor. That'd be one way of handling it.
1: Well, then you might get arrested. That wouldn't that wouldn't be too good.
0: Yeah, and I thought about killing her. Um, but that's no, not that good. wouldn't work either. I, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, I'd kill her, but I would I would need a good reason. I'm not sure where that's a good reason. But I mean, it, you See, know, the I would think is, you'd
1: rather kill the cheerleader than the waitress.
0: I'd I'd kill them. <laughs> yes, they they uh they should be killed, but they should be mm-hmm. killed um with with kindness. You know, it should be they should be euthanized maybe, not not just in a humane way. In, in a humane way, they should be shot in a humane way. <laughs> <laughs> they should have their but. their heads cut off, but humanely, you yeah. know.
1: Well, the, the answer is the make sure off. the team gets a lot of touchdowns, and then they'll blow their own heads off, and <laughs> you won't have to worry about it.
0: <laughs> you know, um...
1: But desserts are a rip-off in restaurants. Have you ever noticed, it's like, are you serious? A piece of key lime pie is five bucks? I can make a whole key lime pie for less than that.
0: You could. But you'd, sure. have, to, you'd have to bring it with you, wouldn't you?
1: Well, right, you can't... It, but it's just a rip-off. It's like charging you $2 for a glass of iced tea that costs them 10 cents to make. I well, mean, it's, the desserts whole, are a big
0: rip-off. Here's, here, here's what I say to you. What, what the restaurant people would tell you is, no, it's not a rip-off because you're, you're paying for more than just the, the pie or whatever. You're paying for the experience. And my, my, my reply to that would be, yeah, but the experience sucks. You know, the, the, the experience is having the, the, the waitress you know snatch the plate right out from under me while I'm having to, you know, hunch over and try to gobble that roll down. Um, or, you know, they're, they're getting all the damn plates out of my way or they're coming over here and interrupting my conversation. So why am I paying more money for this? Shouldn't, shouldn't I be paying less money for this? You know, wouldn't that be a better idea that I pay less? You know, because you've turned you've turned the my dining experience, and you know I'm, you know, got the waiter and waitress shouting at me, interrupting me. The whole damn thing is miserable, and I have to pay more for it, and right. I, I have to I have to you know just give money to the waitress for her part in making it particularly miserable for me. Right. These are problems in this world, Tiffany. I don't know whether the nation is ready to confront these things in the way that it should. It, everybody's so caught up in, like, the economy and war. And, you know, we get on the Scott and Donna Show, and we talk about things that, you know, really, really are the undercurrents of, of all of these big issues.
1: So you think that dessert in a restaurant is an undercurrent of war?
0: Um, <laughs> it's, it's more important than war we should we should focus on the solution to that rather than solution to to war bring the troops home and let's focus on this problem put them on that i really don't uh-huh. know what we should do but uh, i just know that this is the most important show on radio right now and anybody who's not listening is making a big mistake and you should you should you should find those people and let them know the mistake they're making and force them to listen that'd be ideal are we out of time? Dustin nods It looks his like head. we're
1: getting close.
0: That gum. All right. Yeah, it sucks, don't it? Apparently, we are out, and yeah. I have missed Donna so much today, you know, all of her laughing and carrying on and all that stuff, and I, I, I'm not sure she'll be here next week either. I, I just don't know that yet. She hasn't made the big announcement. Um, but anyway, Tiffany, thank you so much.
1: Thanks for having me, Scott.
0: Uh, you know I love you madly, right?
1: Definitely, and ditto. up
0: can't get enough of Tiffany, I'll tell you that. But anyway, we will see you next week on the Scott and Donna Show. Thanks to everybody. I hope you have a good weekend and a good week ahead of you. Bye now.